Well, it's great to be with you, church. Uh, we are in Proverbs chapter 2. So go ahead, get a copy of God's Word in your hand and flip over to Proverbs 2. We're looking at the entire chapter today, really going by verse by verse and looking at the importance of wanting wisdom. Not just wisdom, but we need to want wisdom. Oh, how we need to have this desire, to have wisdom, to pray the prayer, Lord, I want wisdom, to grow in wisdom. It's so important for us. We all need wisdom. This is why in the Bible, there's an entire section referred to as wisdom literature. This is why Paul in his letters continually goes on and on about wisdom it's why James refers to wisdom as well. It's because we need it. Because wisdom is crucial in our lives. We shouldn't go into any situation without the wisdom of God. We shouldn't do anything without asking for the wisdom of God. We need it. We must get wisdom, grow in wisdom. You need it. I need it. We need it. Our church needs it. Listen, our families need it. Our world needs it. There's not one person that can't benefit from the wisdom of God we are so desperate for this wisdom. Do you want it? Do you want this wisdom? Why don't you stand with me? We're going to read through the entire proverb, Proverbs 2. And then we'll pray and we'll get to work. Verse by verse through this wonderful word. Proverbs 2 says this. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright he is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil. For men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. So you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words and who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death and her paths to the departed. None who go to her come back nor do they regain the paths of life. So you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. Let's pray. Oh, our Father in heaven, God. Lord, how we need your wisdom. Lord, would you fill our hearts with your wisdom? God, send us your spirit, Lord. Teach us more, oh God. We need more of you. And would you find a people who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, people who are hungry for your word, hungry for your wisdom. 
Lord, help us, guide us, teach us. Holy Spirit, illuminate our hearts to your word today. Teach us from your scriptures. Holy Spirit, help us, we need you. Lord, I need you right now, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, amen. Please be seated. Well, to set up for today, we need to look at these first four verses as an intro. It's important that we carefully consider what the teacher here is writing. You see in the first four verses there, something's repeated three times. What does it say? It says, if, if, and if. In verse 1, 3, and 4. If you do this, if you do this, if you do this. The teacher is telling us that there's something right now that we must do. We must know our need for wisdom. The one that wants wisdom will be listening and asking and seeking for it. Look what it says, my son, if you receive, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. First, we are told that we need to be attentive in our ears to wisdom, listening for wisdom, listening and inclining our hearts to this understanding, treasuring it up within us when we hear it. But first, we must incline our hearts and have these attentive ears. What does this mean? What does this mean? Someone who's attentively listening for something. You know what it means? It means they want it. It means they're looking out for it. It means they're trying to hear. I want this wisdom. I want this wisdom. Our heart's longing for this wisdom. You don't pay attention to things you're not interested in, but your ears perk up when someone starts talking about something that you desire. And that must be our heart. That must be your heart. Desiring wisdom. We want this wisdom that saves. We want this wisdom that gives life and hope and security. We want this wisdom that leads to life. In verse 3, we see this other if. Look at the text. It says, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding. Yes, if you call out for this insight and raise your voice for understanding. What is he saying here? First, we must listen, but we also must ask. We must ask for this Wisdom, humbling ourselves, praying to the Lord, asking that he would fill us with his wisdom. You know, I think there's a lot of people within the church who never grow in wisdom for this one simple reason. They don't ask. They don't ask for wisdom. But nothing could be easier than asking the Lord for wisdom. You can do it right now, actually as you sit in your seat or if as you sit at home, Lord, please, please give me wisdom. Lord, I need it. Lord, increase my wisdom. Lord, fill my heart with wisdom. The words are so simple and he's waiting for you to ask. Will you ask? Will you ask for wisdom? Will you incline your ear to hear from him? He's wanting you to raise your voice and ask for wisdom. Will you? Will you? Although it's the easiest thing to do, just like any prayer, it's also the hardest thing to do, isn't it? Why? Because of our pride. Because often we don't see our need. We think we're wise within our own selves. We don't even see the need that we have for our need of wisdom. But we can pray for that too. Lord, help me see my need. Lord, help me see my need for wisdom, O God, and then pour out your wisdom in my life. Pray that prayer. You see, there's nothing that will increase your wisdom more than the Lord pouring it into your heart. Nothing. You can listen to a thousand sermons. 
You could read a thousand theological textbooks and none of it can compare to a drop of the Lord pouring into your heart his wisdom. The Lord gives wisdom. He makes the simple wise. Nothing can come close to what he can do when we simply ask for it. You see, wisdom is not strictly age or experience or education. Wisdom comes from God. Wisdom comes from God. The only way that age brings you more wisdom is because you've had more time to do more asking. The only reason experience would bring you wisdom is because through your experience, you've realized that you need to ask the Lord for more wisdom. The only reason education would bring you more wisdom is because someone told you while you were studying that you should ask for wisdom. It comes from God. And Solomon, as he wrote this, knew that better than anybody else. For he was a young man who became king over Israel. And in 1 Kings chapter 3, we see this incredible prayer that he does. The Lord comes to him in a dream as a young man, and he's fearful about the future, frightened about his responsibilities, his inadequacy. His, he's unable to accomplish the task that is before him to be king over Israel. And the Lord says, I will give you anything you desire. Just ask. And he says, Lord, give me understanding. Give me knowledge so that I may judge right, that I may be a good king. And it's the Lord who gave it to him. The Lord said, yes, I will give you this and everything else as well, because this is what you asked for. And he pours wisdom into Solomon's heart. And the text says that no man who ever walked the earth or will walk the earth is as wise as he was. Did it come from age, experience, or education? No, it came from asking. And the Lord poured it out. This wisdom comes supernaturally from God. And it will make your listening, it will make your study, it will make your reading more fruitful. As the Lord pours wisdom into your heart, but you must ask. Doesn't James say this in James 1 verse 5? He says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. All right, do you count yourself as wise? Do you count yourself as wise? Are you sure? Maybe you are, praise God. Maybe you've spent so much time on your knees asking the Lord to give you wisdom. But really think about it right now as you look back into your own life. Are you quick to give response to someone or give advice? Are you quick to have your opinion heard in person or maybe even online? Why? Why? Because you think you have wisdom to share. And you might be wise and praise God for that, but also ask yourself this, have you ever taken the time to ask for wisdom? Because how can you have wisdom if you have not asked for it? How can you have wisdom from the Lord if you haven't asked for it and he hasn't poured out his wisdom into your heart? We must humble ourselves. We must humble ourselves. Not thinking that we have wisdom already, but only the Lord can give this wisdom. Look in verse 4, just quickly, as our intro, it says, another if, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures. If you seek it, if you seek it, and not just seeking for it like some change that you lost in your couch, but as silver, 
Silver that is in a treasure box dug in your backyard. Silver that you know if you were to find it, it would make you wealthy. Searching after it like that with intention and hunger. Searching for it because why? You know the value in the box. If you understand the value of wisdom, you will search for it as hidden treasure. Let me ask you this. Who here... If you found out right now someone texts you, hey, by the way, there is a large box of silver buried in your backyard in the back corner, who wouldn't go home tonight and start digging it out? Who? Of course you would. Of course you would. Let's take that analogy just a little bit further. Who, imagine you just sold your house, right? You just sold your house and and it closes tomorrow. The new owners take possession of it tomorrow and and you're cleaning out your basement. You're doing the last preparations and and all of a sudden in your basement, you move a box and you notice a little door and you've never seen it before and and you're like, oh, what's that? And you open it up and there's a little scroll inside. You pull out the scroll and you unravel it and it goes, you know, to the next homeowner, by the way. And you're like, oh, that must be me from the last homeowner. There's a box of silver in the backyard behind that big oak tree. but the house closes in 12 hours. Who wouldn't grab a shovel and get to the backyard and start digging frantically? This is how we must view wisdom because our life is short. Our life is closing soon. And while we're here, we must know the value of that wisdom and search after it, long after it. Why? Because we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. But the Lord wants this for your life. The wisdom of God will change your life. It will do so much for you. And now we get to see the rewards. Are you with me? Do you want wisdom? Do you want wisdom? The Lord has it for you. He knows that it's the most valuable thing you can get. He wants to give it to you. Do you want it? Do you want it? Well, if I want wisdom, first point, it will be given to me. Praise God. If I want wisdom, it will be given to me. Verse 5 through 11. In verse 5 and 9, he tells us the thens, right? So in the first four verses, we have these ifs, right? So if you do this, if you do this, if you do this, and then in verses 5 and 9, we see the then this will happen. Then this will happen. In verse 5, it says, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge And find the knowledge of God. If you ask, if you listen, if you seek, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. If these are true for you, if you're listening, if you're asking, if you're seeking, it will come. The Lord will give it to you. He gives it generously. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and his knowledge. See, this helps us understand why we would want wisdom. You see, wisdom isn't an end in itself. Wisdom always leads to something. Wisdom is leading us to something. And what it's leading us to here is a knowledge of who God is. Once we have wisdom, that wisdom opens our eyes to be able to see who God is. And we will know him because he is the one who gives it to us. Look at verses 6 through 8. It says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. 
He stores up sound wisdom for the upright and is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. It is the Lord who gives wisdom, and you will know him because he's the one who's giving it to you. All wisdom comes from God. He's stored up for the upright. It's his. Wisdom is his. And he has it in abundance, waiting to give it to you. And when you listen for it, when you ask for it, when you seek after it, he will give it to you. He will put this wisdom inside you and you will know who he is. It will be guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Key question here though, okay? What is this wisdom that God gives? What is this wisdom that makes us know him? It's Jesus. It's the gospel. The wisdom of God is Jesus and his gospel. It's the the wisdom of God is Jesus and the cross. It's the wisdom of God who takes the weak like us and makes us strong. The reason we can know God when we seek for wisdom from him because what he pours out to us is Jesus. And only through Jesus can we know who God is. Look at 1 Corinthians 1, 20 to 25. I'll read it over us. It says this, Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. You see, the gospel of Jesus Christ is folly to the world, but it's actually true wisdom from God. The truth that will open your eyes and allow you to understand who he is, which will reconcile you to the Father. He continues, says, For Jews demand a sign and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, The wisdom of God, Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called. Are you called? Are you called? Are you searching for wisdom? Are you seeking for wisdom? Are you asking for wisdom? Are you called by God, both Jews and Greek? Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. What you're searching for, if you're searching for wisdom, is Jesus Christ. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. If you've received the wisdom from God, you have received the message of Christ crucified. That Jesus Christ died for our sins. God sent him to this earth to die for us, that we might be reconciled to the Father. Wisdom personified. The wisdom of God, the plan of God made perfect in Jesus Christ. To pay the price we could not pay, And if we believe, if we believe in Jesus, he will save us. He will save us. He will take our sin. He'll put it on Jesus. He'll give us his righteousness. Our eyes will be opened and we will know who God is. Wisdom. Wisdom. If you don't understand these things, pray and God will make it obvious to you. Ask for wisdom. Ask for him to teach you. 
And this is why in verse 9 it says, Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity and every good path. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity and every good path. You will understand these things because Christ now lives in you. Your heart has been filled with Christ and he is righteousness. He is justice, he is equity, and he knows every good path. You see, we cannot understand these things or know these things apart from Jesus Christ. It's impossible. Anyone who tells you that there's equity over here or justice over here, if it's not coming from the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, it just isn't. It's not wisdom. It's worldly wisdom. It's tainted wisdom. It's secondary wisdom. It's not the wisdom that is pure that comes from God because only the wisdom that comes from God leads to these things. You want justice? Go to Jesus. You want righteousness? Go to Jesus. You want equity? Go to Jesus. He is the wisdom of God. In Jesus and only in Jesus are these things possible. And look, he will come into your heart. He will come into your heart. He will change your heart. Don't you want that? A changed heart filled with wisdom, filled with the mind of Christ. Listen for wisdom, ask for it, seek for it. He will enter your heart. Look at verses 10 and 11. It says, for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. It will come into your heart. You must ask for it. But what a great guarantee and what a great promise from God. Those seeking wisdom, those who want wisdom, he is ready to give it. And he will. And he will. All of this is available to you. Wisdom can be given to you and Christ is waiting to pour it out into your heart. He has storehouses of wisdom just waiting for you to ask that he would pour into your life. Listen, ask, seek for it. Be filled with the wisdom of God. Be filled with Christ. Let's continue in the text here, verses 12 to 15. If I want wisdom, it will deliver me from myself. If I want wisdom, it will deliver me from myself. 12 to 15 says this. Delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, who forsake the paths of uprightness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Once we have listened, once we have asked, once we have sought for wisdom, the Lord graciously pours it into our hearts and we are delivered. The text mentions two things, but first we are delivered from our own flesh, from ourselves, from Becoming one of these men listed in the proverb. In verse 12 it says, the way of evil. And then it lists all of these desires of the heart of wicked people. We can be delivered from these things. How? Through wisdom. When we ask, the Lord will pour it into your heart. So what are the ways of evil that come from the flesh? That comes from the wisdom of the world. Do you see it here? Let's go through this verse by verse. Verse 12. Delivering you from the way of evil from men of perverted speech. So what are we delivered for, from first? Perverted speech in verse 12. Wisdom 
will deliver you from becoming a man or a woman of perverted speech. This is so important. Is not our speech just so linked to who we are? The way we talk, the way we carry ourselves, the things we say. Isn't it Jesus? He says in Matthew 12, 34, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Easy one to remember, Matthew 1, 2, 3, 4, right? Matthew 12, 34, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What does that mean? It means that the words that are coming out of our mouth are not just words. We don't just flip a switch and one day there's this and the other day it's that. Actually, the words that come out of our mouth reflect what's in our heart. The first telltale sign of a heart not filled with wisdom is perverted speech. Speech that denies the Lord and his word. Speech that glorifies wrongdoing. Speech that is cutting and mean and disrespectful. Speech that is set out to tear down and not build up. Speech that is rude or hateful or crude, laced with selfishness. This kind of speech, this kind of speech. These are the words of the evil way. And as hard as it is to do, but how necessary it is for us to do. We can hear our own words and see and see an indication of where our own heart is. And in doing so, check our own wisdom. Is your speech perverted speech? We're all guilty of this at times. You're not alone. We've all stumbled in this at times, and it only reveals more of the wickedness in our heart and our need of repentance. Words that are not being used to glorify God, but to glorify self. Seeking up to lift, seeking to lift up our own name instead of Christ. What do we do? What do we do when we hear ourselves spewing out perverted speech? What's the answer? Seek wisdom. Want wisdom. Desire wisdom. Look for wisdom. Ask for wisdom. Lord, change my heart that my words would be changed. Allow me not to walk in the path of evil. Look at verse 13. What's the next thing we see? Who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. Walking in the ways of darkness. Not exposing the sin of the heart, but instead walking in darkness and in dark places alone. Not trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit to heal and restore but staying in the darkness, not exposing your sin to the light of the world, not exposing your sin to the truth of the gospel, but staying in darkness, choosing the ways of darkness in your life. The darkness might look different in each person's life. And I'm not here to list a bunch of things that might be dark in your life. You know, you know the ways of darkness that you're tempted to and that you might walk down sometimes that your heart longs for and looks for. But if you see yourself walking in darkness, seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. God will grant it to you. Seek wisdom. Don't continue down the path of darkness. Seek wisdom. The Lord is ready and waiting to pour it out into your heart. Don't seek the wisdom of the world. Seek the wisdom of Christ. 
Verse 14 says, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil. Rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil. You see, some walk in darkness and hate it. I know many people like this, walking in darkness, but they just can't wait to get out. They hate that they're in darkness. They know that they're in darkness. They've admitted they're in darkness. They just can't find the way out yet. And we're walking with them and trying to get them out of darkness. And maybe that's you. And just pray for wisdom. Pray that you'd be delivered, as the word of God would say, out of that way. But there are some people who walk in darkness and delight in the darkness. It's a depth of evil and depravity that surely only the power of the Holy Spirit can rescue from. But how hard is it for the one who delights in evil to seek wisdom from God? Not impossible. Not impossible. Is there anything impossible for our God? Lord, please reveal the hideous nature of sin to us. Lord, we are a people that at times, God, we look at sin and we delight in it. God, change our hearts. Lord, change our minds. Renew our spirit, Lord, that we would see sin the way you see sin. Lord, humble me, O God, and and put the mind of Christ within me. Lord, you can do it. Save those who love the perverseness of evil. Lord, you're able to make your greatest enemies into family. He can do it. He can do it. Verse 15, verse 15. Men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Oh, the devious, the devious. How some devious might be even here with us tonight, I pray not. But the one who has the appearance of godliness but denies its power. How many people do you know that play the part of Christian, maybe even know the words to say and the prayers to pray and the, uh, the verses to back it up, but their life is just rotting from the inside, using um, the scriptures for their own gain, denying the power of the gospel in their own lives. These people maybe are even more clever than some. They scheme like a serpent in the garden, using God's words to promote sin. Conscience that has been seared, only seeking their own well-being and evil desires. Is this not why we need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling? See, none of us are above any of these things. None of us. None of us are above perverted speech. None of us are above walking in darkness or delighting in the perverseness of evil. None of us are above being devious. None of us are. And that's why we so desperately need the wisdom of God. All of us will walk down this path without Jesus Christ. We need the Lord. We need the Lord. We can listen for and ask and seek after this wisdom. Want it. The Lord will fill your heart and watch over you, keeping you even from the fleshly desires of our old self. And look, wisdom doesn't stop there. He delivers us from ourselves, but then he also goes further. It delivers us from temptation. Look at verses 16 to 20. It says, so you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death and her paths to the departed. 
None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. Now, obviously, not everyone here or listening to this is tempted by the forbidden woman. But there is sexual temptation for all types and for both genders. The writer here is warning directly to his young son. If you look at verse 1, he's talking to his son. He's, he's writing to his son saying, Son, be careful. Be careful of the adulterous woman as you mature into manhood. These are the temptations that you are going to face. The temptation that seems so appealing but actually lead to death. The sin that can seem so physically satisfying but some never return from this path of death. Do you see this as an area of weakness or temptation? Have you already acknowledged this as an area of weakness or temptation? Maybe to your small group, maybe to yourself. Let me ask you this. Do you want to be delivered from this? Do you want to be delivered from this? Delivered from the the adulterous woman or man? From sexual immorality? Do you want to be delivered from this? I'll ask you another question. What have you done to be delivered from this? What have you done to be delivered from this? The advice that's commonly given, even within the church, is not bad advice. It's good practical advice is avoid it, right? Avoid it. Don't drive that way home uh, through that part of town. Don't see this person, you know. Lock up your devices and your computer. Put on firewalls and security devices. Have an accountability partner and, and all of these things. All good things and good ideas and practical ways of helping ourselves because we are weak. But ultimately, none of those things deal with the matters of the heart, Because even if you are removed from the sin, your heart may still be longing for it. And doesn't Jesus say that even lust is adultery of the heart? Sure, it's a physical issue, but ultimately it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. The problem ultimately isn't your physical proximity to the forbidden woman. It's the heart that desires her. You can't get rid of this problem with willpower. You can't get rid of this problem by avoidance. You can't get rid of this problem by just white-knuckling your way through. Willpower doesn't work because it's your will that's gotten you there in the first place. It's your fallen will that has brought you to this sin. No, we need, we need to replace our will. We need to change our heart. We must replace our will with God's will. We must 
change the wisdom of the world that is rattling around our broken heart and fill it with the wisdom that only God can give. You see, when you have God's wisdom in your heart, Jesus Christ will be working through you, changing the desire, keeping you from the forbidden woman, keeping you from sexual immorality. And see, the Lord right now, it doesn't matter what you've done yesterday, this morning, last week, or 10 years from now, from, from now, before now. God has so much grace for you right now. Right now, there's so much grace. There is so much hope. The one who has fallen in this can receive forgiveness. You can be filled with the wisdom of God. Just ask. Want it. Seek him. Your heart can be changed and you can be in relationship with God. You can know him. You can know the fear of the Lord. He will replace your heart and he will supersede your fleshly will with his perfect will. You see, his wisdom will come into your heart and Christ will become pleasant to your soul. It will be pleasant to your soul. This is why we need his wisdom. Because our own wisdom leads to death. If you're filled with the wisdom of Christ, the forbidden, the forbidden woman and her smooth words will only sound like nails on a chalkboard. It won't matter your proximity to her because as Christ is working in you, you'll see sin the way he sees sin. God help us. No longer will the path to her house look delightful. It will only look like a path of death. God help us. Fill us with your wisdom. Fill us with Christ. The momentary pleasures offered will pale in comparison to the pleasures enjoyed in God through Christ in your heart. It's not avoiding sin, it's replacing the desire with something so much greater. Christ has this for you. It's available to all of us. This is God's will for your life, your sanctification, that you would become holy. This is how we fight temptation. This is how we stay on the path of life. We get wisdom. Are you listening for it? Are you asking for it? Are you seeking for it? The Lord is wanting to pour it out in your life. He, this, is his, this is what he wants for you. And look also in verse 20. What does it say? Verse 20. So you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. If the Lord fills your heart, if the Lord fills your heart, no longer becoming this wicked man or this wicked woman, no longer desiring the, the flesh of this world and the temptations, but understanding the path that God has for us and longing for it because it's so much better. So much better. Let's continue and our last point, if I want wisdom, if I want it, if I really want it, 
If I want this life, if I want wisdom, it will bring me to an inheritance. How undeserved, how undeserved, but God not only saves us, transforms us, keeps us, gives us the delight of our new heart through this new path. He gives us an inheritance that is eternal. As a final plea for wisdom, the author writes that those who are upright will be blessed and those who are not will be cast away. Let's read the text, 21. For the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out. The land here, what he's speaking of, it's, it's blessing. It's this understanding of blessing. It's the same language used in Psalm 37, verse 11. And Jesus quotes that psalm when he's uh, preaching the Sermon on the Mountain, Matthew 5, verse 5, when he says, the meek shall inherit the earth. It's this, it's this idea of not just temporal blessing or blessing for today, but this blessing forever. This, I will inherit this for eternity. This will be mine. Those who are on the path of wisdom, of meekness, of the fullness of Christ receive a blessing and they will remain in that blessing for eternity, for eternity. We need to really make sure that we understand the progression of thought here and how this all comes about. So stick with me here, but we need to, we need to be sure we understand how we get to this place. The text is saying that God is the one who gives wisdom. He gives it to those who listen for it, ask for it, seek after it. It will be given to them. And once you have been given this wisdom, you will understand the fear of God and his knowledge. And that fear of God, the knowledge of God, is Jesus Christ. The salvation that is found in his gospel. And once you know who Jesus is, then you'll be able to understand righteousness, justice, equity, and every good path in verse 9. And because you have been filled with the wisdom of God in Christ Jesus, your heart has been filled with a greater love and you've been transformed. You no longer want the old self. You no longer want the pleasures of this world. And the love of Christ will keep you walking on the path of the good. And those who are on the way of the good stay in the blessing. But you can't skip the line on this one. There's no butting ahead. You can't, just, you can't just read verses 21 and think, okay, that's great. I'll just be upright and then I'll have all the blessing forever. No, you can't get to the blessing in verse 21 if you haven't received from God what is in verse 6. The wisdom that only he can give. It's the Lord who gives wisdom. And if you're searching for meaning in life, if you're wondering what happens to me when this life is over, what am I meant for today? What is my purpose? What is my value? What am I going to do? All of the answers in that are in Jesus Christ, the wisdom that comes from God. The Lord must give this to you and he will give you eternal life. He will give you eternal life. So you must listen, ask, seek. And this is how you do that. You repent of your sin. Repent of your sin. What does that mean? It means turning away from sin and desiring forgiveness. Because it is the one who is listening to the Holy Spirit. The one who is listening to the Holy Spirit who convicts the world of sin. 
that will receive the grace of God. You must believe in Jesus. You must believe. Because when you believe, you will ask him to be your savior. You will ask him to be filled with the Holy Spirit and seal you and keep you. You believe that he died and he rose again and that he paid our penalty for sin. He did all of this so that you can be reconciled to the Father and that you may have life and life abundantly in him. And you'll read the word of God because when you are reading the word of God, you're seeking to learn more of his character and more of who he is. And when this happens, when the Lord has called you and you start to listen and ask and seek after him, God will give you salvation. He will give you Jesus Christ and your life will be transformed because of him. Have you repented of your sin? Have you trusted alone in Jesus Christ? Have you sought out the word of God? Don't neglect calling out to him right now. If you've never believed in Jesus Christ, you can do that right now. Asking God who is waiting to pour out his wisdom into your heart. If you are a believer and you have been struggling with these sins, God is a God of forgiveness. And he wishes to forgive you and pour out more of his wisdom that you may walk the paths of righteousness as well. Don't settle for the wisdom of man. Don't settle for the wisdom of this world. Receive the wisdom that can only come from God. Pray to him and ask him to fill you. Want this wisdom and he will give you eternal life. Let's pray. So Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would give us wisdom. Lord, you say to us, Lord, if we were to ask, you will give it to us in God. So we ask, Lord, fill us with wisdom. Lord, allow us to know more of who you are through Jesus Christ. Lord, help us, God. Help our, our words to be words that glorify you, God. Let us hate sin and hate the perverseness of evil, O Lord. But let us love righteousness. God, keep us, O Lord, from sexual temptation. Keep us from wanting that, that, that momentary pleasure, O God. And show us the delight and the pleasantness of Christ in our heart. Lord, keep us in the blessing. Lord, show favor to us, O God, as we cry out to you in desperation. Lord, we need you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.